And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, now on the radar of the First Order, Kaz and Yeager must make it quick, uh, must act quickly to save the Colossus and their friends. There will be the best villain of this show arrives. Tam gets left behind, and Kaz and Yeager take a dip. We're talking about Descent this week. How are you doing, Chris, as we're both broken asses at the moment? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I'm my back has been getting better and worse and better and worse. The more I work, the better my back gets. The more I'm on my feet. I took a long walk today, so that's that helped a lot. But and my broken tooth is now fixed. Yay! As I told Hope, a, an hour and a half at the dentist, and it was done from beginning to end at the uh, emergency dental school clinic. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic experience. So, but yeah, we're uh, we're both feeling a little puny today, but we'll be okay. We're we're getting it done. I will say we do have another guest announcement for next week. Yeah. But it's going to be waiting towards the end of the episode. Uh-huh. You'll have to wait to hear to see who it is. And you don't to- know exactly where it is, so you can't just, like, go right to the end. So you might as well just listen all the way through. Yeah, yeah. It could we be got- uh, there could be a super special announcement at the very, very end, like after the credits. There could be. There's not. <laughs> But maybe. What do you think about this episode? I liked it. The, um, it's it's um, it's another uh, um, I it's it's I'm not gonna it's there there's nothing really wrong with it, but at the same time it's it's uh carrying a lot of it's carry it's doing a lot of things and carrying a lot of weight, and uh, and uh, it does it really well, but it's uh it's it's a movement episode so it's not a lot of it's not a lot of set pieces or action or resolution it's all just gearing up and setting up and as such it's very it's a very exciting episode but it's it's not one i have like well no actually part three i got a bit of notes for but like the first two parts i didn't have a lot of notes for even though there's stuff to to talk about and it oh, it's I just have, uh it's I uh I, I think this one goes a long way to um making up in the story of how Tam is going to sign up for the the first order you yeah. know a lot a lot gets ex- a lot in this in this one uh, I I forgot all about this episode and I'm like all right this uh this sets the stage for Tam a lot better they've done the Jaeger stuff and now they're setting the first order end of it and you know the last they give it the last straw with Jaeger and Kaz, 
and then start setting the table for the first order first order seduction. Yeah. I I feel this way. I love I love this episode. Um but this is meat, but in compared to like say last week's episode, last week's episode was meat and potatoes. Right, so, right. So this is still a very, very tasty entree, which this I is really leading love. towards some meat and potatoes, though. That you know, you can tell it's setting it's setting up yeah. The, the the next episode, basically the next episode. <laughs> and I'll and I'll be very biased. Like Tyranny is my favorite villain of the show. I love her. She can step on me before she murders me. Like I love Tyranny so much. So I always adore. And she comes into the show swinging, and but swinging so subtly, and I love her. So I I definitely remember this episode and. Hope would love to be swinging with Tierney. I I will also slightly disagree with you. I do think this does have really nice set pieces, like the sinking of the Colossus. Oh is yeah. Such... Yeah. There. No. There. There's some. There's some nice visuals in the third part, and it's very much like the last episode that I had. A similar. That that I think is a similar sort of episode, and that was the one where. Um, oh, the core problem. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the one where, where and and then it had those last underwater shots of Sonara. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I the, so the first I one occupation. Before, I'm sorry. That, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah, the and you know that one was like, booms, solid storytelling, and then at the end, you had these gorgeous and once again very much of gorgeous underwater or underwater related shots. Uh, that that weren't really a set piece as much as they were just beautiful visuals, you know. So, yeah, very very similar. Uh, I think you know this. Every episode I say it, this goes to our theory of this was going to be longer. That like they're they're putting a lot into some of these episodes to keep it making sense going forward. But they're so good at writing that it it, yeah. it ends up. Be, you know being very smooth and not cobbled together like you see in a lot of uh of tv shows that even really good tv shows sometimes they'll have an episode with sort of like three or four plot um beginnings and ends sticking out of all angles of it that they have to get all cleared up before they move on to the next stuff that's going to make more sense and uh there's a i mean it's sort of that's what's going on here they're just sort of condensing the action but it's done really well yeah like absolutely like earlier today i since i i was writing the notes and stuff during the sinking of the colossus ship um uh sequence i took several photos and i put them up on our twitter at you guys and jedi over at JS and Jedi on Twitter. Um, and it was just like the bubbles outside the window and the waves splashing up on the scene. And just some of the responses we got from people. Oh, one of is when Kaz plunges into the water at the end and just the light coming through. It's just those still shots. And people are just like, Resistance is the best Starfighters ever looked. How do people think the show is ugly? Even simple shots like droids exiting the elevator to Doza's office are stunningly beautiful. Who secretly put all the work into this? um you know the smoothest animation with the best light like people love it and it's such a gorgeous show we should get into it uh, yes i'm ready i'm ready too as soon as i go back over on my personal account so i can watch my dms <laughs> there we go all right <clears throat> 
Descent is the 19th episode of Star Wars Resistance. It aired on March 3rd, 2019, and it was written by John Giacopo and directed by Bosco Ng. Some extra information for you. Agent Tyranny is voiced by Sumali Montano. Her other works include Voltron Legendary Defenders, The Loud House, Star Trek Picard, and her other Star Wars projects include the Old Republic games as Shea Vizsla and Jedi Fallen Order. The original outline of the episode did not include Agent Tyranny, but rather left the task of arresting and questioning Tam to Commander Pyre. In the first draft of the script, Pyre was replaced by an Admiral Tyranny, but the second draft she was redefined as a security agent. The First Order Security Bureau, the modern incarnation of the Imperial Security uh, Bureau, which was what Agent Callus was very early in Rebels, um, which you can tell because Tyranny's outfit is very similar to Callus's, um, was developed for the Poe Dameron comics from, from Marvel, and it was first mentioned by Agent Terex in Episode 3. And finally, Agent Tyranny, like Agent Callus and the other security, security Bureau agents, have visually unique outfits. As an interrogation agent, much of her look was, look was inspired by police gear. Just another great real-world tie-in to our real world. <laughs> oh, speaking of the real world, huh. you got your you you got your uh, second shot today, didn't you? I did, I did, and boy, boy does that second dose really do hit you? Like it got really, it, uh, it it's getting me. I'm. You know, it's. You I'm guys hoping. are gonna have to wait a week, but I'm getting mine tomorrow, so we're recording tomorrow. So next week I'll be recording my fresh. I'll be at the same spot. <laughs> hope is right now. Um, but we'll definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping this is the worst it gets because my that arm soreness came in within like an hour of me getting it, and then I've just felt kind of achy all day, like like I have like the muscle aches of a fever, but without the fever. So like that's when I like at the way at the beginning I was like we're both broken asses today because <laughs> I I definitely feel under the weather. <laughs> mm, under the table Yoda is. Ah. Literally. Jeez. God, you gotta like put a bell on that thing, Chris. Sure. <laughs> How you doing, Yoda? Not bad. Not bad. Feeling Not bad. healthy. You're healthy. Feeling fit. Feeling fit. Oh. Feeling great. Uh, you okay over there? Mm, yes, feel good. All right. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you since I got my second vaccine today and Chris is getting his tomorrow, are you fully vaccinated for all your shots and are you contagious if you're not? Because oh. we need to know if we need to wash our hands. Had to, had to have all shots to be on Jedi Council. Yes. Had to have all shots. That was like 20 years ago. Hmm? Hmm? Good shots. Yoda gets boosters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yoda, I'll give you that because people can regrow entire like organs with Bacta in Star Yo- Wars. Yoda absolutely. Yoda give you like that. salamander can grow arm back or whatever. <laughs> mm. Yoda so, has what? all. Yoda has. Yoda has his distemper shot. Mm. Space pox. Yes. Uh, Wookie cough. Um. <laughs> Yoda got his meebles shot. Um, anti-anti-medichlorian shot. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, cosmic shingles. Yes. Gamorian flu. Yes. Yeah. Swamp rot. Mmm. And and um, gonorrhea. Yoda has them all. What what is swamp rot? 
Oh, bad. Mm, starts in armpits, yes. Oh, is Spreads. that... Oh, like what, like what Mama the Hut had? No, that was family. <laughs> but <that's... laughs> Well, I'm glad that we're all, all three of us are going to be fully vaccinating as of tomorrow. And yes. though, though it's very safe. Mm. Can touch, yes. Can lick Yoda's ears, yes. Oh. Won't catch Wookie cough or meeples. I'm sorry, hold on. Do you lick your own ears? If Yoda could lick Yoda's own ears, Yoda would not be here right now. Bye, Yoda! Bye! Ugh! The way that was framed, I was like, oh, he licks his own ears. And I was like, they're big, that makes sense. And then he made it him. He did his thing. He did his thing. Oh, well, I need to move my drink on my right hand because my left hand feels like it's dying every time I pick up my drink. <laughs> All right. Dying. I know, right? Uh, are you ready for Act One? I am. So, a little recap from last week. Um, Kaz got back from his mission of saving Aunt Z and hype and all that and hanging out with Tora. And he gets back to the shop and he's like, hey, everybody, guess what? And Commander Pyre turned around. He was like, what's up, Buttercup? And Kaz is like, oh, no, Commander Pyre's here. And he's there threatening to arrest all of them. On to this week. So, Commander Pyre, old Goldie himself, is just like, I'm here to arrest all of you. And Yeager's like, get off my lawn! And Goldie's like, no, no, I get it. Like, you guys are rebels, like, resistant spies. And he's like, no, we're not. What makes you say that? And Pyre's like, I don't have to answer to you. So he's like, I'm gonna take your ship, this fireball. Well, that ship belongs to Tam, and Tam's like, I was not going to be part of this, but this is my ship. Please don't impound it. This is all my future's hopes and dreams. Surely this is a misunderstanding, and that, you know, this ship was not seen in your district. Right, Kaz? And Kaz is like, uh, uh, specific excuse. And, Ka- and, and Tam looks like, like someone just hit her with a sledgehammer. But it doesn't matter, because Bucket... Dear Bucket pounces and he sprays smoke everywhere and blaster fire opens up and Yeager's like, get off my lawn! And he throws shit at the stormtroopers and knocks them off. But in the process of them all trying to escape to Yeager's office, Bucket gets shot by Pyre and goes down and Yeager's like, Bucket, I love you. This is an emotional moment. I'm sorry you weren't in the show more to make this more impactful. It's fine. And they run into uh, Yeager's office, except for Tam, because she takes cover and doesn't listen to Kaz when he's all like, Tam, come here. And she gets captured by Pyre. Um, and while they're hiding in the, the office, they claim... They, they, I should clarify, is Kaz and Yeager and Niku. They go down into the lower kind of like areas under the vents. And Niku is like, what is happening? Why are we being shot at? I don't like this at all. This is intimate danger. And Kaz is like, all right, Niku, I have to tell you. I am a resistance spy. And Niku is like, ha ha ha, that's funny. I don't like this joke anymore, Kaz. Kaz is like, well, this is the, this is the real life. Let's run. So they run into the vents. 
well, during all this, in Best Dad Doza's office. Um, Best Dad, Captain Doza is like, uh, and Tora's like, Daddy, I want to rage. I want to rage at these stormtroopers. They're in my bedroom. I don't like it. I'm a teenage girl. I'm tired of all this. Can can I go into a rage? And I don't want to play along anymore. Does is like, look, I just, we're running out of options, so you you're gonna be able to rage very soon. And she's like, yes. Pyre comes in, and he's like, hey, Doza. This is my Pyre voice apparently now. He sounds like he's had five cigarettes, I guess. Pyre's like, I just captured Yeager. Well, I haven't captured him yet, but I got Tam, but Yeager has a group of spies. And Tora, bless her, is just like, spies? Like, because <laughs> she's a precious teenager. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, not, I don't mean like cats. He's my friend. He's most certainly not a spy. And Pyre just kind of looks at her and then looks back at Doza. And he's just like, I'm going to need you to clear the docking bay because Hope's favorite villain of Resistance is coming to play with us. I hope that's cool. And Doza's like, that's not cool, but I don't have a choice anymore. So Doza goes out there with Pyre, and a big old ship lands. And here is my wonderful, lovely, evil, amazing, I love her, Agent Tyranny. I love her, Your Honor. And she is there, walking down in all her glory, looking amazing. And she goes right up to Pyre, and she's like, I want to talk to Tam, please. Well, back in the vents. Uh, Yeager and Kaz and Niku are trying to figure out what happens. And Yeager thinks they need to get a message to the Resistance. While Kaz is like, no, we need to rescue Tam. And Yeager's like, she's confused! And Kaz is like, I know, we should go rescue her so we can clear things up. So she doesn't, you know, get gaslighted because of a manipulation. Because I have a cold feeling that some evil bitch has just shown up to take Tam from us. And Yeager's like, no, nah, it's fine, we'll fine, we'll get her later. But during all this kind of arguing, they're spotted by stormtroopers. And they have to run from them through the vents. And the stormtroopers are chasing them. But they run right into a dead end. Dun, bum, 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 bum. What'd you think of Act One? It was pretty good. Um, I think that has all the most of my notes, actually. <laughs> really? I I didn't have a lot. This this is like um I basically I think Tyranny's better than Phasma, and it's not fair because she's not like in the Stormtrooper ranks. But I think just the fact that you can see her face <laughs> makes her suddenly a, a more more of a character you know what i mean yep. instantly relatable as a character yeah and uh like that was a big mistake with phasma but it's like it's it's but you know what i'd rather have tyranny in here than phasma at the now you know so let phasma go do movie stuff and uh my only other really note is this is where and we were talking about it in the last few episodes where i was like Time's run out on on pussyfooting around about the first order and the the you know resistance and all that for Eager. So it's gonna be messy for him to tell Tam, but look at what happens now. Now this is ten times messier. You know? Mm-hmm. The whole the whole explosion when they when you know they're escaping is just like if she was betrayed before, she's super betrayed now. And mm-hmm. And that that was the mistake. Yeager, Yeager should have it would have been messy to tell her, but at least at that point in time, she would have uh, 
like if she would have probably had to make her like if she knew like they were in the resistance or whatever, she probably would have gone with them anyway at that point if they had come clean with her. And that was that was where Yeager's Yeager's chickens came home to his Tam chickens came home to roost. Mm-hmm. So I got part one. Um, for me, oh my god, someone just followed us on tw- Twitter, and their their Twitter handle is Rue Pops Pod Race. Oh. As a play on Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh well, <laughs> you know, just of all the. I just uh, that just reminded me. I know I know you're watch you're watching us over at Lucasfilm. I know or you're listening to us over at Lucasfilm. We know. We saw the name of the new new episode of uh Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah. Just happened yeah. to be our 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 nickname for Cutfuquain. I know. That was the very first thing that Chris wrote me. He was like, "They stole our nickname." <laughs> Made it the title. <laughs> Um, I know I really, you're. I know they're communicating with us through the titles. Yeah, they they know that we're the best Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. <laughs> I finally realized why I have so many notes announced Act One because almost all of them are about that opening scene. <laughs> um, gosh, I I love the opening minutes of this episode i think it's one of the strongest scenes of of at least season one maybe even the whole series because there's already that intensity of how everyone is reacting and kaz is the one kaz really showed his lack of experience here because yeager is just like playing it off he's just like you guys don't have any right to be here i've never even heard of that place of space how do you even know it's the ship and tam is like Kaz, say something, and Kaz was like, it's complicated! <laughs> and that's where it, like, really showed, like, Kaz's inexperience. But I also love that, because you can immediately see how guilty Kaz is, because he's just like, oh my god, I've gotten everyone in this room in trouble, and it's because of me. Like, the pain- Christopher Sean, especially in this back half of the season, really brings it a lot with Kaz. And I really love that when he says it's complicated because you can hear the pain in his voice knowing that anything he says is probably going to get everybody in that room killed. He knows it. He just got back from watching Anzi and Hype almost getting shipped off to a prison camp maybe 15 minutes before. He knows the weight of what's happening. And the look that Tam gives him is you could just see the pain in her eyes of just like, Oh my God, like there is something more going on here and I don't, I don't know what it is. And it just, this opening scene is so well done. And like Corniku is just like, I just don't want to die. What is happening? Like everybody is so in character, but it's just the culmination of all of their storylines throughout the first season to this like very heightened moment where here's Pyre with guns in their face. And it's great. I agree. Um, and then just, like, the, everything else is just kind of, like, little things from the scene. Like, I love that Bucket immediately knew what to do to get them out of the hangar. Um, it's kind of a very subtle way to add to him and Yeager's history, probably with the Rebellion. Because they've probably been in this situation before where Yeager's at gunpoint and Bucket's like, smokescreen! Yeah, no, they probably have a few few numbered plans. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Because I'm torn on this. Because I like and dislike it at the exact same time. What do you think of Bucket getting shot but then resurrected later in the episode? 
I for you know it's funny because when it happened, I'm like I forgot that Bucket got killed, and then when later on when he's brought back, I'm like oh that's why I forgot because it was immediately. Yeah, I I what I I like. Ah, eh, it's it's I I don't like it when they do that, but it 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 fits with the show, you know. So, but that's I, all I remember is just going like in the in the third act going like oh that's why i don't remember they shot bucket because it didn't count because i was like wait they killed bucket at this point in the series i don't remember that I, that doesn't stay you think i would remember that but uh yeah. it's fine it's a cop out but like it's just uh it's just warming us up for uh um rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I feel the same way. Like on one hand, I see three PO'd him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, actually, they bucketed C three PO, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like on one hand, because it's such a gas moment to see Bucket go down and like hearing the pain and like Yeager's voice, that I I would have liked to see someone bite it in this episode because that that holds much more weight. But at the same time, like. It's a kid's I feel like show. <laughs> yeah, but also, and I also just felt like we didn't ever really get enough Bucket, really, because CB and BB-8 were kind of the focus droids of this, and yeah. Bucket was always kind of the background. So one, it didn't actually hold a lot of emotional weight to it, because it's just like, yay, Bucket's been here for like 10 minutes of tops. Um, but at the same time, like, I I wanted more Bucket. Like, I didn't want Bucket to bite it because I wanted more of him. I think he's a yeah. great little character, and so I'm I'm actually happy that he's around. So I, I'm torn. I, I I I like and dislike it at the same time, and it's perfectly okay to be a hypocrite in media. Boo. I liked that Pyre in this scene immediately started softening Tam for tyranny, and it's it's after everybody has run away. Pyre just walks up to her and goes. It looks like your friends have left you to take the fall. See, I don't even think he's that sophisticated. I think that's just cop stuff. I think he's just, that's just baked into his behavior. That's how I took it, that he was just kind of gloating and, yeah. But it was a good setup for tyranny. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is, yeah, they're they're setting her up. And, yeah, it was perfect because that's exactly what she was thinking. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he just stated the obvious. And um, the only other kind of like smaller things I have, um, I love that immediately Kaz's focus is trying to rescue Tam and feeling guilty about that because, A, he knows it's his fault. You know, his spy work got her in this position. But that's also a good setup for his season two arc because so much of his arc and drive in season two is rescuing Tam and wanting to get in contact with her and finding Mm her. See, I understand. I understand that he feels guilty. I blame it more on on Jaeger, ultimately, as, I as Tam is ultimately his. But that's the thing about it is, like, that's an also another, another, um, like, that's a, shows that's Kaz's inexperience. As Jaeger's like, we're gonna go after Tam, but we got to do this first. And Kaz is just like, we gotta, we gotta do this and this because. He feels responsible, but really, when you're a spy doing resistance stuff in the First Order is doing stuff, stuff like this is going to happen. It's baked in. It's yeah. technically your 
fault, but something's going to happen that's going to be somebody's fault or everybody's fault at some point. Or it's partially almost, it's partially, well, it's only really got Jaeger and, and Kaz to blame in that crew. But yeah, yeah. But, but, but Kaz being like, oh my God, I, I did all this, but feeling that he did all this himself is, is his inexperience. But it's also a good character moment for him, too. I mean, it shows. Yeah. It, while it shows he's inexperienced, he's also goes back to. As like, a spy. And well, yeah, but it also it's goes good back experience to. As a human. <laughs> it also goes back to the fact of one of Kaz's very basic character traits from episode one is he's kind. He's a very kind person. That's why he doesn't follow in Jace Reckland's path. We talked about this when we covered Fuel for the Fire. Kaz could have very, very easily been Jace Reckland. They are very similar characters. They have very similar stories. But the difference between Jace and that bitch Reckland and Kaz is Kaz is kind. And that's what makes him such a good character. Um, and I, and that's what they always fall back on. That No matter what, even in this, these episodes where he's like, I'm, because we're recording tomorrow with a guest, I'm already halfway through tomorrow's episodes. But that goes kind of sets up for tomorrow, like when he's fighting the First Order. He doesn't go in with blasters. Even in this episode at the end, he's not the one with the blaster, it's Yeager. And... I think that all that is just so baked into his character. Um, and that's what I really like about him is that he always has his kindness to fall back on. And that is the most important character trait that he has at the end of the day. Um, the only other note I have was, <laughs> I think it's because Niku has been on more quote unquote missions, quote unquote, with Kaz is why he takes Kaz being a spy better than Tam did, even though it does take the entire episode for Niku to warm up to him being a spy and not believing that he has been a rich kid on Hosnian Prime. But um, I I think that's why he ends up rolling with it. And Niku is kind of a roll with the punches kind of character anyway. N- Niku is also very loyal. If Niku determines you're good, you're good, you know? Yeah, he did so that with So he'd Sonara. rather rethink that, that, the, for, that, the, um, that the resistance is is good then rethink Kaz's goodness. So like, yeah, they don't really have you'd think you'd have something to worry about with Nico, but Niku, but he's just you know, he he's shocked, but at the same time he's just going to instantly be like, yeah, but these are my friends, you know. He did that with Sonara. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sonara had even asked like, you're helping me even though I'm a pirate. And he's like that doesn't matter. You're a good person. Um, and I love Niku. Niku is really good in these episodes and next week's episodes, I should say. Because as I said, I'm already halfway through next week's episode. So, but I didn't have anything else for Act One, did you? Nope, I'm ready for Act Two. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, Act Two. So Niku, Kaz, and Yeager are surrounded by stormtroopers. And it looks like it's the end for them. But, of course, we're like seven minutes into this episode, so we know that all the protagonists aren't going to die. So the floor falls out from under them. And they're saved by the Chilladai and the, the turtle folk and the kids from Tahar. And Kel and Ayla are just like, oh my god, Kaz, you're a spy? He's like, how did you know that? And Kel, Ayla's like, I have the force. I'm just kidding. You're fucking loud in the vents. And he's like, don't say that F word young lady you're a child and Ayla's like don't fucking tell me what to do Kaz anyway the kids from Tahar decide to help them and Kaz wants to rescue Tam who is brought into Doza's office so Tam finds Doza, Pyre, and Tyranny waiting for her and Tyranny 
plays the good cop and she's all just like why do you have this sweet precious child in these horribly barbaric binders please release her and hi i'm here to talk to you about our lord and savior snoke have you heard of him i'm going to talk about you talk to you about how bad those evil resistance people are especially because they know that evil but still handsome poe dameron and tam is just like i don't i just know that Yeager is friends with poe that's is that a crime and dad doza who's still the best dad in the world is like no I'm going to protect this teenager because she's my daughter's friend and I'm a dad and I will protect her and tyranny, it is not a crime for Yeager to know Poe, you are overstepping here and it's not a crime that Tam knows that either. And tyranny is like, oh, he's talking to me and you're interrupting our conversation. It's, it's lesbian o'clock now. No boys allowed. Come along, Tamra. We're going to go out of here because I'm fabulous and this Doza man is taking away my fabulousness. And she takes Tam away as Doza's like, no, bring this child back. What the hell? And thus, Tyranny isolates Tam away from the last person who loves slash will possibly talk sense into her and takes her away from Doza. Tyranny takes Tam to the Aces Lounge and serves her very fancy food while giving her bullshit about how the First Order wants to save the universe through peace with absolute order, meaning humans only. And Tyranny gives Tam all this information on Kaz, and she's just like, look at this Kazuda. Did he tell you he's a senator's son? Did he tell you about that he grew up on Hosnian Prime? He's absolutely wealthy. And Tam's like, I just want to eat my steak, please. Please stop exposing lies to me. I can't believe that Kaz lied about all this. And Yeager probably noticed. Oh my god, my life. Back down in engineering. They all find that Bucket is miraculously okay. Because the turtle folk saved him and that's apparently. And Kaz start, wants to start making a plan and save Tam. They need to get to the top of the communication jammer on top of Doza Tower. And Kaz wants to lower the station underwater to get to it and swim up to it. And Yeager's like, this plan's so stupid, it might actually work. And they're not going to ex you know, expect it, so whatever. But if we're going to lower this underwater, we have to close the doors or everyone's going to drown. So, CB23. And CB23 is like, yeah. And they're like, you need to get a message to Doza. Tom to steal the hatches, and CB's like, okay, I gotta go. So CB23, who's the sassiest best droid in this, runs up, and as she's going through the hallways, she sees that little bitch murder ball. And that little bitch murder ball is bringing along food trays, and, and CB's like, hey, boy, you wanna come party with a real droid? And he's all like, hell yeah! So he goes around the corner, and just like Harrison Dula to Ez Morgan, CB23 slaps the fuck out of him and takes his damn trays and goes on up to Doza Tower and she finds Doza. She's like, oh my god, Doza! And she throws the trays away. She's like, I need to tell you about this really, really stupid plan that Kaz and Yeager have, but you have to make sure nobody drowns. And Tora's there too, and Tora's like, I'm going to fuck so much shit up. This is gonna be awesome! And Doza's like, I'm really scared at your rage. <laughs> I know you're a teenager and you're going through stuff, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to calm down, daughter. So 
They send CB23 back down, and Doza gives our heroes the okay. And Niku is like, yes, I am also excited to frack some stuff up. This will be fun. So they shut down all the turbines, all the things that make it not sink. And then the plan is in motion as the Colossus starts to submerge into the ocean. The motion of the ocean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think of it, too? It's pretty good. This, uh, the, my only big note on it is this is this is where they start to uh, um, play play on on Tam. It's where, where it, she's at, now she's out of Jaeger's hands. He's screwed up, and now they've got the perfect silly putty they need to mold into their first order. It's so interesting because all they do is give Tam facts. If, you know, and that's what Yeager should have done. And, but they're able to mold these facts into a negative way where if Yeager had just, because all, all he, all Tierney does yeah, is tell him the truth. She's like, look, here's your friend Kazuda. Here's his military record, which is public at knowledge, I guess. Lo- it's, it's, it's so selective facts. It's only the fact, it's the facts that are like your friends were lying to you and her friends were lying to her. Yeah. But but you know that doesn't you know that doesn't negate that the first order will be lying to her in 8 million different ways, you know. Yeah. From the very beginning too, but that's the, she's playing on, you know, she's she's the, she's she's perfectly set up for the hands of someone like like Tyranny. So Mhm. Yeah, that's that's basically all I all I had in in this 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 um this one, I, I mean, the the when they when they start going underwater, it's really beautiful, but it's just sort of it's it's more beautiful in the next step, <laughs> next yeah. Uh, section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my first note is kind of a continuation of that too. Like, I actually really like that scene where Adoza is just like trying to protect Tam the best he can in his situation. And because he's like, and he's also trying to protect Yeager because Yeager's, you know, his friend. But he knows Tam. He knows that this is one of Yeager's, like, kind of, like, workers. But also, like, this is, you know, Yeager's, like, daughter figure. Um, he's met Tam. He knows it's a friend. she's a, a, a friend of Tora. And I like that scene where he's, like, trying to get through to them. Like, this isn't a crime, Tam. It's not a bad thing, Tam. And Tyranny just takes Tam away from Doza, which is the last person in between Tyranny. The right. last person in the way of Tyranny and Tam. There's no one in between them now. And now no, all Tyranny to, has to do is sink her claws even deeper into Yeah, Tam. no, it's classic gaslighting abusive thing is yeah. isolate. <laughs> yep. Isolate and turn them against all everybody else. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Absolutely. Um, I just want to note there's a touch of sequel trilogy world building in this. Um, Tyranny does say that the Resistance was disemboweled by the New Republic, which we do know because that was in The Force Awakens. So that is something yep. that, that we do know. So I like that kind of tie-in, especially because we're right on the doorstep of – we're right on the welcome mat of – the Force Awakens, which we will be at next week. <laughs> so, um, everything, all my other notes are just kind of shallow. Um, I really like the debate that Kaz and Yeager are having about what the b- best plan of action is, because it does a really good job highlighting how fast Kaz has come. And the t- the two moments that really stand out to me is when we first get to that scene. Um, 
Kaz is immediately just saying, no, that will not work. And then Yeager says something, and Kaz holds up his hand to Yeager and says, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have an idea. And that's so much confidence that he did not have in episode one, for him to look at his his spy mentor in the face and go, that plan's not going to work, this is the plan, I'm going through with this. And that's a confidence that has been growing that shows how far he's come. And I really like that moment. And it seems so small, but for him to hold his hand up to Yeager and go, no, wait a minute, this is the plan. It's just such a good character moment for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CB23 wrecked that murder ball, and I'm here for it. <laughs> she fucking wrecked that murder ball. And I like the kind of, like, nod to... Uh, to rebels too because that's what Hera did to as morgan she brought him around the corner and then slapped him with a tray <laughs> and took the tray <laughs> so that that felt like a nice like little synergy with rebels um the only other thing is my god i love tora and her like want for destruction because <laughs> doza's listening to cb23 and he's like this plan is insane and tora's like it's gonna be so much fun she was well, she's just like so, she's a teenager she just wants something to happen I know, I know. Something's Uh, happening. But we have already established that not only is she probably the best pilot, she is also the one probably with the most kills. (laughs) The most pirate kills, so. But no, no, it's, I actually really, really like how they write Tora. Like, joking aside, you're right. Like, they write her very well as a teenager, especially that moment when the station is sinking in Act 3, and she's like, this isn't fun anymore. Hmm. Um, and it's clear that she's really worried and all, all my rage toward jokes aside, they just, they write her so well as a teenager and I'm here for it. But that's all I have for act two. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready. All right, let's wrap the puppy. Wrap this murder ball up and throw it in the, in the drink. Throw it in the drink. So act three, the plan is in motion. The Colossus is sinking, and Doza's like, oh no, what a turn of events, I must seal the hatches, and he puts on the PSA and tells all the citizens to get to the safe places, and all the citizens are panicking, so they're like, why is water coming into the market? And there's a really great shot of poor Opie Pet just like watching water coming on in on his floor, and he's just like, no, I don't even have my floor sweeper! And then... The Colossus, for real, starts to sink, and it's just the most beautiful, beautiful series of shots. So gorgeous, and it's great. So Kaz and Yeager and CB, once the they get the Colossus where they wanted to sink to, head out underwater, and CB is pulling them along while the two guys hang on to her. And as they're swimming underwater, Doza is like, Thank God! They didn't tank my ship and kill hundreds of people. Oh, no, sorry. Let me redo this again. <laughs> Once the ship stops sinking, Dose is like, oh, my God. Thank God they didn't tank my ship. They almost murdered hundreds of people. Oh, my God. Phew. I mean, what a such a weird turn of events, Pyre and Tyranny. This is such a strange day for this to very suddenly happen. And Pyre and Tyranny are not buying any of this. <laughs> so outside they swim up through the underwater and Kaz and Yeager get to the communication blanket d- dish thing whatever and they climb up there and they're like okay we gotta disable this thing and take it apart so then CB can send a message to the resistance 
So, they start breaking it apart, and they the communication blanket goes down, and CB starts uh, sending a message, and Kaz is like, Dear Resistance, comma, this is Kazuto Ziona, period. And Kaz goes like, You don't have to put in the punctuation! <laughs> He's like, Right, right, no one's talking. We need help. Klaus is in trouble. The First Order is here. Poe Dameron, I have a big old crush on you. And General Organa, you're fantastic. I also have a big old crush on you, too. I love you. Please didn't help. Bye-bye. So they get their message. And... Pyre and Tyranny notice that the communication blanket is down, and Doza's like, oh no, water damage. Pyre's like, I'm gonna go just check this out. So during all this, um, Kaz gets his message out to Leia, and as they're receiving a message from Leia, he looks at Yeager, and Yeager's like, my precious baby boy son, I will fight alongside you any day. And Kaz is like, Thanks, Dad, but why are you talking like you're gonna be captured? And as they get the message back from the Resistance, the doors open, and there's Commander Pyre, and he's all like, pew, 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 and Yeager's like, goodbye, my son, and he shoves Kaz into the water, and Kaz is like, Dad, no, and splashes down, and Yeager kicks CB in there, going, take care of my boy, and CB's like, I will, bye. She splashes down into the water, too. Empire captures Yeager. Bum, bum, bum. And in the middle of all this, even though the message got to Leia and back, the message also got out to the pirates. And there's Sonara, listening to Kaz going, Poe, Dameron, and Leia, we love you, but we also need help. Please send help by. And pirate leader, Kragen face, pirate face, Kragen. <laughs> Just now, that's now his official name. Pirate Leaker, Kraken Pirate Leader, Pirate Face Kraken is now his name. Um, how many crew are listening to the message with Pirate Mom Sonara? And Kraken's like, huh. So you're saying that the people who backstabbed us and left us all to die is now conveniently at the Colossus. Hmm, that's a really interesting change for the finale. And Sonara's like, yeah, it is. It's almost like we should, you know, go help them in the finale. And Kragen's like, I'll think about it. During all this, Kaz and CB swim back to engineering where Niku and the kids from Tahar and the turtle folk are there. And they play, oh, poor Niku's like, where's Yeeker? And Kaz is like, they captured our dad. And Yeeker, and Niku's like, no, dad. Oh, no. But they have the message from Leia. And so they play it. And Leia's all like, I'm going to say some really inspirational stuff to you, Kazuna. Because I'm really sorry. We're now in the middle of The Force Awakens right now. So I can't help you at the moment. But do what you can. Inspirational message here. And Kaz is like, what's a Force Awakens? And everyone's like, don't worry. You'll find out next episode. Hope you enjoy your planet. But... All, everybody is so sad because they're like, oh, we're all alone. We're doomed. Oh, no. And Kaz picks himself up and he has this Scarlet O'Hara moment minus the racism. And he's like, no, we're the Colossus now. And as God is my witness, we're going to save everybody on this freighter. That's a ship is going to fly off into the stars and we're going to tell the First Order to go fuck themselves and I'll never go hungry again. Yeah. Well, the uh, just the end of this episode. Not the <laughs> end. Just the end? I like seeing underwater droids.
Yeah, I... It's such a small detail because I, I was noticing this for next week, too. I love whenever CB comes out of the water. She has that moment where she has to, like, spray out her gears. Just like, <laughs> it's so cute. Um, I think the show could have, uh, much like the racers, it could have benefited from more underwater stuff. Because the underwater, the underwater, uh, maybe it's expensive to do underwater, but. Boy, it just looks gorgeous in this. And I wish this could have, we could have spent like three or four seasons here and had maybe like they figure out there's some natives that live underwater, like the Gungans and stuff like that. You know, some more, you know, since it's a water planet, everything that's going on there is going on underwater. And there's a ton of stuff going on underwater. And it yeah. looks beautiful. So I would have liked to have seen that. And I mean, another thing. The turtle folk are the natives of this planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they and all live on the It would have been nice, nice to see the turtle folk, although, like, the turtle, tur- well, I don't know. If they're, like, regular turtles, they can't live underwater. They, you know, they, they hold their breath underwater, but it would be, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see that. But they could be, like, the Gungans and have force fields, you know, or something. You know, it would be, it would be really, it, it would have been really interesting and fun. Or, um, what is Kit Fisto, um, a Nautilin, or Mon Cala, you know, that yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of things they could do um, that I think would be really interesting. I, my thing is, is that knowing that what happens next episode, which is the Colossus flies off into the stars and they leave all that, would there be space for that in season one, though? Because they leave Castellan and they don't come back. Do you think there'd be space for that in season one to have like a whole nother underwater no. society? No, 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 no. It would have to be, it would have to have been if this was like a longer series, but it would have been cool. Yeah. And, um, well, I, uh, it's pretty funny. Leah's like, yeah, tough shit. Sorry, guys. Good luck, though. You can come catch up with us here, though, if you can make it. See you then, maybe. What are you <laughs> but, talking uh, about? Leah. Oh, <laughs> I, missed, I missed who you were talking about, but yeah, yeah. And the only my only other note is Jaeger's sacrifice doesn't make any sense, or you know, or giving himself up. I mean, why didn't he just jump in the water too? They had plenty. They they all had plenty of time to jump. But he had there was no tactical reason for him to get captured. The drama, Chris. The drama. That's all it is. It's drama. There's it's no drama. like. There's drama, he wasn't drama. buying time for Kaz. He was just like, ah, oh, you go on. I'm want to catch up with the. Stormtroopers. Well, we also have, have you watched next week yet? No. Okay, so a big part of why I think that he did it, um, because we're people who have already seen the entire show, so we can talk about this. Um, next week, he talks about he takes the fall for Kaz. Um, he ha- there's a hologram of him just going, "I try to recruit Kaz for the resistance. I was the resistance spy. It was always me." Um, so he is innocent in this, and he tries that tactic. Uh, to try and clear Kaz's name because he's the dad of the group and he's protecting the babies. And I have to wonder if there's a chance that he was hoping to find Tam in all this. Like if he could like reach Tam, because they're all assuming that Tam is just captured. They don't know that Tyranny is getting her claws into Tam. They just assume that Tam's in some jail cell. So there's probably a little bit like if I get captured, then I can find Tam and maybe yeah, talk maybe. to her in jail cell. So. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff there, but it's for the drama-rama of it all. It's the drama. Or, so, Cassie, yo, no, Dad. Why? 
when he pushes them in there, all I could hear was that meme where it's just like, mm, what you say? Just slowly as he sinks into the water. Um, did you have anything else? No, that's all I got. I love this little tiny mini saga they have with OP Pet and him just trying to clean the floors and he doesn't have his floor sweeper so all he has is a little brush and then like the ocean starts pouring in on top of him and he's just like looking up at the sky very dramatically shaking his hands like no guy needs a vacation he needs to do something else for a little while you know he reminds me of the droid and Wally, I don't remember the droid's name, but the little like sweeper droid that all it wanted to do was clean. Yep. And it just followed Wally around the ship and cleaned up after him. And it's such a cute little bit and a little like little sub story, and it's so cute. And that's what Obi Pit reminds me of so much. Um, but yeah, it's just the little bit of world building they do with these characters is just so much fun because you can can kind of just understand who they are just from these like little bits. Um. And and it's it's just so good what they do with them. Can we talk about how pretty it is with that ship sinking? Yeah, it is. It's it's beautiful. The bubbles are are gorgeous. And I and I was looking at that because that was one of the screenshots I took and I put on our Twitter at Jacob Nida, um, which was that still shot of the Thelen and the little green guy in the red suit looking at the bubbles and. I freeze framed it and there's like hundreds of bubbles of all shapes, sizes and densities and like, and, and that, and it's such a gorgeous shot and somebody drove like went real hard on drawing those and it's tells. Well, and they, no, they these, like these days I think they have like, programs. Yeah, they, there's a, there's, a, they have, yeah, there's built in stuff that makes bubbles and then they set like different parameters, but like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure yeah. they didn't hand dry each bubble. I'm sure they yeah, used yeah, the bubble yeah. algorithm, but it, it, but it looks beautiful. Though. Like it looks yeah. like a Miyazaki bubble. Like yeah. if, if you've ever seen an underwater scene of a how, like a how Miyazaki film, but, uh, you do see they're making a, a Miyazaki world. No. Yeah, it's gonna have a real Howl's moving cat, uh, uh, real size moving castle and everything. You just blew my mind, Chris. I but, just saw I saw it on the internet yesterday. I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, but yeah, like I I have one of the still shots I I have, and like there's mist around, and there's like whirlpools too, and like like little things that are bubbling because of the the space being displaced in the ocean. Right. Around yeah. The there's so much going on in that yeah. scene, and it's so nicely done, and it's gorgeous, and I love it. And I also really like the underwater scenes. Like like you said, we don't get a lot of underwater scenes. Really? In, in, in a show so, based on a water world, yeah. Yeah, like we have a whole arc in Clone Wars, which is the underwater Moncala arc. And so that was really pushing the boundaries. And I definitely remember the behind the scenes stuff where they were like, this was hard because everything's underwater. Yeah. But it's just, it looks so smooth. And just the lighting, that, that scene where Kaz gets pushed into the water and he's sinking and like, you see the light coming through the water, and it's darker in the bottom left corner, but you can still see Yeager up on the platform above the water, but he's all blurry because it's above the water. Like, it's so pretty. The animation just went all out on this episode, and it's gorgeous, and I love it, and kudos to them. Um, I feel like you, because you're the the, the dude that usually does this. <laughs> um, 
I love uh, Cass's Scarlett O'Hara moment. Again, that just really shows how far his character has come. Where he's just like, well, we're it. Let's figure it out. We're going to do this. When I I don't think he could have done that in episode one. Like, look at two kids and a Niku and a turtle falcon goes, we're going to save this place. Let's go. Well, I think it's because Yeager looked at him and said, I'd fight with you any day. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that was like the shot in the arm he needed. The batteries in his back. Yeah. But I think he could have done it if not for that. Like, I think he could have still done it if... Though you're, I will give you that. You're right. I think Yeager getting captured was the catalyst because that would, if Yeager was there, nobody Yeager else would is going to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Yeager nobody would have been the one giving that it. speech. What? I'm sorry. I was talking. What did you say? There's, there's nobody else to take charge. Yeah, Yeager would have been the one giving the speech if, but he's gone now, and yeah. Kaz has to okay. do it. So Kaz, it's basically the the resistance there now. He is yeah. their, the ranking member. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's kind of fun watching Yeager come up to this point too, and like slowly getting nudged back into more and more of and more of this. And he's had a really good character arc over all this as well. Um, and I like the little inclusion of the pirates at the end. They don't do much; they just hear Kaz's message. But no, boy, just, does yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That's just it's that's just starting to ferment. Yeah, that was a nice little touch. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know exactly, like, they have a, they are not happy with the First Order, and they got a grudge. Yeah. And if they know exactly where the First Order is, they're like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's all I had for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready to score it up. Score this puppy up, Chris. I gave an 8.5. I thought it was a really good episode. Prob- um, yeah, better, better than average episode. Just not, it's... It's a building episode, so it's just not in the nine or nine to ten range, but it was very good. Makes Chris you want more underwater. I gave it nine out of ten. <laughs> what? I'm scoring high on average, but being being spare on the nines, yeah. I I disagree. Like I think for for one for two for two reasons why this scored so high for me because I gave it a nine out of ten. For one is the animation came to play and they came out swinging and they hit a grand slam and the animation in this episode is great. Tyranny is a fantastic character and they she in her what first 22 minutes of their show showed why she's such a scary person and she's deadly and she's there to fuck shit up. She's so good in her first 22 minutes in this show and comes out swinging and shows why she's powerful. But really, what really pushes us up is the first five minutes. That is so well written. There's so much tension in that scene. There's so much pain in that scene. It's emotionally messy. And that's my favorite kind of Star Wars. I love emotionally messy Star Wars with Kaz looking so guilty at Tam, who was so hurt, at Yeager, who's ready to fight for his children, and Niku just not trying to die. While Pyre is there pointing blasters at them. That scene is so emotionally messy. It's so well written. And it's the peak of everything that's happened. And everything after this is just going to be downhill. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was the turn. That that scene is like the crux of the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More more Uh, so than even the next episode. The next episode hurts. I... <laughs> There's a moment in the next episode where Cass is like, My dad on Hosnian Prime can help us. And I was like, Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> You're about to hurt. 
Um, anyway, so we have an announcement. Do you want to know who's coming to hang out with us next week? I do, even though it's tomorrow for me. Next week for everybody else. Um, I'm really excited about this because I really love this person a lot. Um, he is just so funny and so bright and just such a positive influence. And we are having our second member of Pink Milk with us. And he is also the co-host of a Star Trek podcast called Taking in Number Two. It's a Patreon-exclusive Star Trek podcast for the bad motivators. And we will be having on Mark Perez. And I love him. He's so great. He is, he's going to be joining us. He's another fellow queer person. Um, and he I, I'm really looking forward to talking to him about these episodes. And he picked next the next two episodes. And I was like, we're doing double episodes. It's going to be a long record. He's like, I can do three hours. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> All right. So we're not doing three hours, guys. <laughs> Um, the last Pink Milk member we had on here was that Brian didn't record for like, didn't we record for like four hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy. We'll My body's yeah. broken. But that's true. That's true. So I'm super, super, duper excited to have Mark Perez on. Please go check them on Pink Milk After Dark on YouTube on Friday nights. Um, and he's part of a Patreon exclusive Star Trek podcast for the Bad Motivators. And it's called Taken Number Two. They'll be with us next week, so super duper duper excited. All right, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two Trufics Facebook page, or once we get it set up on our new fancy Two True Freaks website, which is twotruefreaks.com. And the feedback for this, I lost my spot, so I because uh, I did something different. Where am I? Um, the feedback this week comes from our episodes, and we're doing two this week because we didn't do one last week, so I wanted to do a little catching up. Um, they're from the Facebook page for our episodes, Signal from Sector 6, and also Sonara Score. So you know, Chris, the line separates the two episodes. All right, so here's the first one from Sector 6. It's Gene Hendricks, and he says, Wait a second, Chris. Did you mix Magilla Gorilla in a pet store with OG trying to buy him and Grape Ape, giant purple gorilla traveling around with Bee Gees Beagle together? That would have been an interesting cartoon. Yeah, that's what I did. I messed it up. That's all right. As long as you don't mix together Yogi Bear and the Hair Bear Bunch, that would just be weird. I don't know. All right, and from Sonara's score, we've got Diego Lemos said, Star Wars really needs more shows like this, not only in the way it explores characters through their relationships with others and the world around them, like with Sonara and Tam, but also in the representation factor. I am not the oldest Star Wars fan, but I do remember the days where Mace Windu was introduced in the prequels as an alien, not a human, because he was a Karun, later retconned to a human ethnicity. And like him, see, I always thought like Karun just meant the planet that he was on. So he was like a human Karunian or whatever, but I oh, never knew that. Okay. And like him, other non-white characters were not human as a mixed race Latino. This uh, was some of the harder parts of Star Wars to deal with. Thankfully, Disney decided to ignore this part of the canon when they brought when they bought Star Wars. Yeah, uh, that would be very Disney-like too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else for Descent, do you? I do not. All right. So, season, finish this season up. 
And you have to come up with your first volution pretty soon. Your first someone volution. I am starting to have a kind of a better idea of what I wanted to do. But I'm still sort of on the fence between two characters, three characters. See, I was, remember, I was sort of voting for Z-volution, but I forgot that there's no Z in the second season, so. And Z? Yeah. She's in the second season. Is she? She comes back in the finale and goes pew pew with hype. Okay, yeah, but that's just the finale. But she's, you know, they rejoined the Colossus. She's there for. Oh, the okay. Oh, season. okay. So you, okay. So you, I'm okay. Then I'm still holding out for the Z evolution. Yeah. Just because it sounds snappy. The Ant evolution from Ant Hope. So. All right, Chris. Where can people find you? You can find me at the newly revamped two true freaks dot com. New look, same old shit. Two true freaks dot com. You can sign up for our RSS feed there or at iTunes or Apple Podcasts and at a bunch of the other normal podcast places. You can also find us on Facebook where we have the Two True Freaks podcast where we post up our episodes as they come out and the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is just that hangout spot on Facebook if you really want to hang out on Facebook. If you don't want to hang out on Facebook, you can hang out on Twitter and Twitter will your host in, on Twitter will be the swanky Gene Gene the Twitter machine. Ooh, swanky. Um, do, 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 Gene. That's swanky enough for you? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. What about you, Hope? You can find us on Twitter at jrsandjedi.com. You can also follow me at Hope Molex. Um, I have a website called Geeky Girl Experience where I write all sorts of reviews and I'm reviewing The Bad Batch at the moment, which we're going to have three freaking months of. How awesome is that? I'm so excited. It's pretty awesome. It is so awesome. I still need to write my review for Cut and Run, which will probably be what I do tomorrow because I'm going to finish up all of our outlines for tomorrow. So I'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, and Chris and I also have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I make Chris watch my favorite animated shows, and we're wrapping up Gravity Falls at the moment. We're about to start Avatar Lost Airbender, which I'm super duper excited about. It's going to be great. Chris is going to watch Avatar for the first time. Yay. Alright, Chris. So close. Next week, season one finale of Resistance with Mark Perez from Pink Milk After Dark. You can check them out Friday nights on YouTube. We have a really good time. I'm usually in the chat with them, because which we call the steam room. Oh, <laughs> we get, well, we get, we get steamy because we're just like, let me tell you about all these characters I want to bone. And they do it, and we do it, and it's a lot of fun. We, so. went, we went by a new salon today, and I thought it was a place where you go to get your skin oranged, but it said... It had, um, it, it had, how did it, how did it, like, infrared saunas in steam rooms. Never heard of that. You guys should get, you guys should update to an infrared steam room. I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it. Say, I, say it one more time. An infrared steam room? And saunas, yes. But, I think it's a new place to go get orange tanned, but we couldn't uh, figure it out. It wasn't open yet. They were setting it up. Interesting. It was some sort of spa, yeah. All right, well, cool. 
Um, on that or note, someplace uh, you go to get cancer, maybe it sounds like more. <laughs> well, it sounds like a place where if Yoda's ever missing, we'll know where to find him. Yeah, yeah. We'll find him there. <laughs> All right, you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.